I think a lot of people aren't quite sure what canna lilies are. And the name is kind of confusing because it sounds like something else. Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Last summer, my friend and I sold potted canna lilies very successfully at the farmer's market. The crowds literally gravitated to our pots of gigantic leaves and bright red flowers, and they sold out every week. There is no other flowering plant that is so mesmerizing and so easy to grow in most conditions. This is episode 12 of the Get In My Garden podcast, and I'm Aaron Moskowitz. My guest today is Nikki Snow of Horn Canna Farm, which she runs with her husband Dustin. Nikki loves people, animals, and plants, and she is the type of person who makes instant friends with her customers. The farm has been in the family for 90 years, and now does much of their business online through their website, cannas.net. That's C-A-N-N-A-S dot net. Canna lilies are a classic garden and landscaping plant with dramatic and fast-growing foliage that can grow as high as 8 feet tall, depending on the variety you choose, and they flower consistently throughout the summer and early fall. They have various shapes and many colors, from dark reds, pinks, yellows, oranges, whites, plus so many interesting hybrid mixtures of these colors. Their huge and striking leaves are similar to their cousin, the banana plant, and they come in many interesting colors and patterns as well, including colorful stripes. I was drawn to the story of how this small family business started with selling vegetables at the farmer's market and evolved over the years into a well-established niche farm business known throughout the country. Each generation focused on something different and faced different challenges, even near catastrophe, Yet today they are still focused, growing, evolving, and thriving. We discuss their farm operation, many interesting details about canna lilies, how to grow them, and the scope of their canna lily collection, which you can see more of on their website. Enjoy the interview. Well, I'm very excited to chat with you. Thanks so much for doing this. All of your rhizomes have been in storage, right? Yes, they have. What time of year do you take them out? We start our harvest here, usually mid-October. Cannas haven't quite been frosted where that's what we would normally want uh, in your garden, but that gives us enough time to get everything in out of the field and into storage before we incur any possible damage. Harvesting takes about five weeks. We've shortened the process a little bit. We're down to about four, but it's it's a grueling four weeks, so we're always so grateful when it's over. Oh, I bet. And how many people do you have doing that with you? We normally, there's three of us full-time year-round, and then we hire about 12 additional employees through the winter. Most of them are seasonal, and they, they know that canna harvest starts middle of October, and we're so grateful when, you know, our crew shows back up each year. My name is Nikki. My husband's name is Dustin. Um, our last name is Snow, but the family business is Horn Canna Farm, So Dustin's grandparents, they were horns. So his mom's maiden name was Horn. So Dustin and I are fourth generation. The farm started in the 1920s. Really, I don't really think that anybody ever expected it to last 90 years, or I don't really know what the expectations were at the time, but uh, we're here nevertheless. And are you the only family members that are involved? We are. Dustin has one sister and she lives about an hour and a half away and we're all close and her kids and our kids are close. We started work for Dustin's parents about 20, gosh, 25 years ago. We were right out of college. Dustin's grandmother had just passed away 
Dustin's mom and dad were full-time owners and then we joined them, brought the first computers to the business and started mainstreaming some technology that everything had been done by hand prior to that point. Basically, was it you and Dustin who decided that it was going to become a bigger business or had it already just kind of built by itself over time? And then no, it, it, was, it was already Dustin's parents took what his grandparents were doing and really went after the commercial market more. Mm -hmm. So there was some quite a bit of expansion when Dustin's parents took over. They had a lot of foresight and going to marketing uh, trade shows and really brought in quite a bit of business at that point. It was about 120 acres. So that was like a lot to some farmers, it, probably it, not a lot to others. Exactly. If, yeah, if you're wheat or cotton or peanuts, which is what the farms are around us, we are very small potatoes. Um, gotcha. But, you know, 120 acres of cannas is a lot of cannas. Dustin and I have scaled back with that, so we're not quite that big anymore. Um, I see. Are there certain things that you figured out where you can just maximize so you just don't need as much space? Well, we tried, um, we tried to expand on what had already been done with Dustin's mom and dad. And um, we were serving quite a, you know, we were serving a big part of the big box stores and he decided bigger. Dustin thought we could go bigger. Um, and so at one point we were at 200 acres and sometimes bigger is not always better. So we, our lives were crazy. The, the margin wasn't there, although the quantity was there. So that was, um, that was a big learning curve for us. We decided that was not the avenue that we wanted to take. Oh, okay. We have good friends that are growers in North Carolina, and uh -huh. they probably do more of the big box stores than we do. We do, salt, we do serve a very small niche of the big box stores, but, but very small, and that's becoming smaller. Oh, okay. And I think I read on your website that you have 67 varieties, or is that, is that current? We have about 29. Oh, okay. Maybe I missed that, we're, that we're selling. We have several more that we're trialing. And some of those trials are one or two bulbs or, you know, 20 bulbs or a couple hundred bulbs. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll, I'll back up. We use the word bulb and the word bulb is used often. Yes. Um, in the horticulture industry, they are not a bulb. Um, it's, it's more of an easier word to throw around in conversation. They truly are a rhizome. That's so, what I uh, hear. Yeah. And now... Most people just don't even know what a rhizome is. So it really is just a fattened extension of the stalk that's underground. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, so yeah. So uh, not a true bulb in that like a, a tulip or or a dahlia. So yeah, just more um, resemble much more uh, potatoes or ginger than a true yes. bulb. But we use well, the word bulb. I work with irises, and that's what I tell people. It kind of grows underground like a ginger root. And so, do, does a canna lily also have to be separated? Yes. And how often should that happen? Um, depends on where you are growing them, where, what parts of the United States or the world, what the climate is. So zones seven and warmer, we mm -hmm. tell people, you know, separate them every two to three years. Um, and those folks are probably not pulling them out of the ground. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Okay. So zone seven and warmer, people can leave them in the ground and they'll overwinter just fine. Zone seven, there, there are areas of zone seven with a really strong winter with some really low temperatures for several days. Cannas can freeze. It happens about once every 10 years, but that's, you know, it, it's a kind of a, a little bit of a median zone. So 
anything warmer definitely can be left in the ground. And so cannas multiply and they're heavy feeders. So as they multiply and become, can become congested. Now some people, I'll back up, some people will leave their cannas in the ground and never touch them for 20 years. Most of the time we tell people, you know, separate them every two or three years plants will reward you. They're just going to bloom better and maintain that really showy color for what they're known for. Interesting. So they also come in all sizes, don't they? They do. They do. So, so is that something that you've had to work on or that you've just gathered them and then grown them? Or do you also hybridize? We don't hybridize. We, we, have, we haven't ever done that. Okay. Um, there are people much more intelligent in uh, in that area and maybe more patient. So we have, we, there's some hobbyists around the country or, and other hybridizers that sometimes throughout the years, people will send us and say, Hey, I have something new, but we don't hybridize ourselves. Gotcha. Okay. And most people who call you have, so they've probably found you online. Are they people that already know about canna lilies or have they found you through some other means? Most people are fairly familiar with cannas. Most people have seen them. We hear often, I want to grow cannas because I remember my grandmother had them. Um, okay. That all the time. So, so that person may not be really familiar with growing or care, but they've had some experience with them and that's something that they want to bring into their garden. Okay. Makes sense. It's a lot like irises, I w- would say. Now, most people, would they remember a red canna lily or a yellow one? Because those are the only colors really that I had seen. Yes. So red being most popular, president cannas being our, our number one seller. If you go back in our records to Dustin's grandfather, that's been our, our, our number one seller throughout the company's lifetime that is most known. And it's great. It's a dwarf canna, oh. dwarf meaning three feet tall. So okay. some, people, some people don't quite consider that dwarf, but for a canna, green foliage and, a, and a, a really nice full red bloom. If that's considered a dwarf, what is a regular size canna or a large size? So dwarf cannas are going to average about three feet tall. The next size up, which we classify as medium, they're going to average about four feet tall. Different people use different measuring sticks, but what we call a tall canna is five to six feet tall. And then the giant cannas easily grow six to eight feet tall and tall. That's amazing. And that's yes, in one season. So you're in putting the... Season. Yes. Wow. Because where I grew up in Seattle, I've, I've driven by and seen some amazingly tall canna lilies. And it seems like they've been there. You know, I, they are a perennial, but they are cut all the way down. That's a lot of growth in one year. Yes, it is. It sure is. And are they, if they buy a, a rhizome from you, are they going to get a bloom the first year? Yes, they will. So we sell a three to five eye rhizome, which is, is a really good size rhizome to begin a really good size, healthy plant. That's what we call it. But if you'll look in the packages that we send and you truly count the eyes, oftentimes they're more than that. Okay. Um, and that, and then each of those eyes will produce a stalk. Mm-hmm. And then as that rhizome is multiplying underground through the growing season, then there's going to be additional stalks that are produced from that rhizome as well. And do they normally grow out laterally or do they kind of go in all directions? Because some um, rhizomes I heard do that. Well, as a dormant rhizome, it would appear that the eyes are in all different directions. Once that rhizome is planted, then those eyes naturally turn upward towards the sun. Ah, okay. And I saw it. 
I think maybe on your front page, you've got a beautiful multicolor. Is that something, and I think it said it was unstable. Does that mean that you plant it and then some of them will be full color, some of them will be multicolor? How does yes. that work? So you're talking about Cleopatra, and we have not had Cleopatra for a few years. We had a windstorm in 2011 that uh, kind of rocked our world, but Cleopatra is available, and it is wonderful. So it's basically a yellow canna with green foliage, and then the red will show randomly, and that can be as small as a very small, narrow strip on the green petal. It can be a very small red stripe on the foliage. It can also uh, be as abundant as a solid red bloom on the same plant as a solid yellow bloom. One plant can be completely bronze or purple tinted foliage. That sounds very cool. Or it can be, or it can be a combination. It can be, it can be all or none or even in the middle. So irises, for instance, don't have, they, almost all the foliage looks the same. They do have the variegated, but with a canna lily, there just seems like more variation with leaves. Yes. So within one plant even, even if it's not called a hybrid or not a particular variety, is it possible to see different colors? Not within a particular variety. The, okay. the varieties itself are going to produce this, the same consistently from year to year. That, that, and that's what makes Cleopatra so different. Um, I see. What Cleopatra will do, the, the markings of red or lack of markings of red, one season um, will appear completely different the next growing season. That sounds like a really fun plant to have. It is. It is fun. And it's great to accent with because it's yellow and red, so you can accent with taller red cannas. You can accent with shorter red cannas. So it's, it's very fun. It's very oh, popular. Wow. And I was looking on your, this is a little bit, different of a question, but I saw that you have Italian greyhounds. Is that a family tradition too? Uh, it's not. And in fact, I have two of them sitting right here at my feet all covered up. Oh, uh, those are great dogs. We got into rescue five years ago, maybe. We're in Oklahoma and the closest rescue organization is about four hours south of us in Dallas. And we got into it and didn't know anything about the dogs and they're, they're fun and quirky and we're kind of hooked on them. My dad has adopted, I think, eight greyhounds of all sizes, including oh. some whippets as well. And now yeah. he's he's had he has one Italian ground, and he I think may have adopted it from the same area. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, he'll be excited to hear about that. Yeah, yeah. So you said that there was some weather. There was like a a weather problem that you had. Have you ever had other like scares with tornadoes, things like that, or freezes that came way too early? Um, well, in Oklahoma, yes, there's always the threat of tornado. We're not quite, we're, we're west of what we call Tornado Alley, where so many devastating tornadoes have hit our state. Mm. Um, we've had some straight line winds and done some damage to buildings. Dustin's grandfather, an early freeze came in the 1950s, and they lost every single canna on the farm. Amazing. Um, everything. So Everything long, was. Do you know how long it took him to build that back up? You know, I don't know. I have asked, I, I've heard the story or bits or pieces, and I, you know, I just think, oh my goodness, I, I, would I have kept going or would I have quit? Somehow they scrounged, and and I, I don't, I don't really know what they did. It's not like they could just Google and, and find growers. I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know to what means, and I don't, I don't quite know how long it took them to recover from that, but. Wow, I'm sure it's a very interesting story, though. And they also grew their business during the Great Depression. That must have been very interesting. 
They did. Dustin's grandfather, Dustin's great grandfather started the business. He started growing cannas. I don't think he ever, you know, intended it to be a business. He received cannas from an aunt from Arkansas. The story is that it, it was as many as 12, it was as few as four cannas were sent in a package and they were vegetable peddlers. And so in the 20s, that's what he did. He, they had a, a family garden and he peddled vegetables to surrounding small towns. Too cool. Planted the, planted the cannas in the garden. After a few years, they multiplied and they had quite a few. And I think Dustin's great-grandmother encouraged her husband to take cannas on his vegetable route. And even in the 20s, at some point, he was selling more cannas than he was selling vegetables, even when people didn't have much. Well, I'm very interested in that. That's so cool because I personally do sell plants, particularly rhizomes at the farmer's market. Yeah. And I see a lot of farmers, if they're not strategic about it, they may have the same exact crop coming out at the same time as all their friends. So I've seen more and more people selling plants and landscaping plants, which is, I think is great. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell a little bit about your website? And is there anything people should know about our website? This is our 19th year to have a website. I can't believe it's been that long. That's um, a long time. <laughs> it is. It is. And it, you know, with technology, it's, it's been revised and updated and upgraded several times through the years. And we did our last big upgrade in December, just really focusing on making the information as user-friendly as possible, being able to search by colors and heights as, as easy and effortless as possible, and making that a quick, easy checkout from our previous mm. version of our website. We yeah, well, it certainly looks great. Well, thanks. We're in our, we're in our, just entering our really busy season. So March and April are our, our biggest months of the year for our website. We ship Normally, if an order comes in by three, if it's a larger size order and we can get it on the UPS truck, it goes out that same day. If it's a smaller size order, we will send it through the post office the next day. So all orders received are shipped within 24 hours. Unless, of course, we have the option where uh, someone in uh, a colder climate in the United States are placing their order, say, for example, today there's a calendar during the checkout process so they can schedule when they would like to receive their cannas because they may not, they may not be ready for their cannas in a 24 hour turnaround shipping cycle, especially with the weather going on right now in the Northeast. It definitely makes sense. Now, what if somebody doesn't find out about canna lilies until later post, you know, maybe in the middle of summer, would you, do you still ship them out at that time? Good question. In fact, at lunchtime, Dustin and I were, were, um, we're really hoping to enter that part of our market that we've never, we've never sold live plants or growing plants before, but we've been surprised with each summer how many calls we get. And we are sold out of rhizomes. We are sold out of bulbs and everything is growing in the field for next. Ah. But we really are hoping to enter that market. We haven't quite figured out exactly how we will do it. I think eventually we'll grow to have a greenhouse. We don't have that at this point. So we're hoping to, to test the market this summer. It will take a few changes to the website so that customers know what they're purchasing later in the season. Um, so what's the deadline really for you all to have them that can be shipped out? June. We ship through June. Okay. So, and then after that, you literally are figuring out where they're going to go back into the ground. 
Yep, and it, right smack dab in the middle of shipping season, March and April, we start planting. So April 1st, we'll start planting in the field. So we're, we're kind of doing double duty at that time. So when we are finishing up our shipping season in June, cannas are already up and growing, and we may have the opportunity even to just go to the field and dig fresh plants and, and ship them that way. That sounds great. Well, the, they're very dramatic. I mean, once the leaves start coming up, because I had a batch that my friend who she sells normally vegetables and some small starch, but she's really into canna lilies as well. And she yeah. gave me to take to a, a different farmer's market, just the potted plants and the, the huge dramatic leaves captured almost everybody. And I had one with that was flowering and I sold them very quickly. Yes. So that's pretty cool. A lot of people listening who are small farmers and yeah. specialized farmers, anything that you would want to tell them, like the struggles of running a small business and things that you learned along the way? That is such a great question. And I, I wish that I could have prepared for that. Yeah, I'm sorry sure about I, that. that, that I'll, we'll hang up from this call and I'll go, oh my gosh, I could have said this, 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 and this about that question. For us, we got into it. We both had degrees and we're going in completely different directions in farming. Oh. Um, Dustin was raised in an agriculture area. He was raised farming peanuts and cotton and wheat and, okay. and cattle. I wasn't. So the business was expanding. We were ma young married and just out of college. And we thought, you know what? That's what we'll do. We'll go join the business. Windstorm in 2011 that took a third of our crop overnight. That was a, that was a big setback. And like, okay, are we going to, are we going to keep doing this? Is this really what we want to do? And wow. uh, we we keep plugging at it. And the best part of what we do, and I think maybe you have, you could speak to this as well, as far as being in the farmer's market is the people. Oh, um, I love them. They're great. Yes. And so if, if you have that mutual um, affection for plants and growing things and putting something on the ground and seeing what you can do with it, that's really the fun part of it. So Absolutely. we, we happened to, you know, this business was here and going and in our family. And I don't think we entered the business with that in mind at all. We, we were coming to work. And through the years, we have come to absolutely love our customers and uh, love chatting. An 87-year-old lady called yesterday and just chatted about what her yard used to look like, but how she's downsizing and apologized how much time she took. And I said, absolutely not. That is what we're here for. And well, it sounds fun. I mean, I love to connect with people like that. Yes. And so you're, are you mainly the one who's meeting the customers or, are, or do they come to visit you at the farm or is it all over the phone? Nope. Our farm is open and people are more than welcome to come and purchase directly here in the spring. Then it gets kind of quiet in the summer, early summer, June, July. Things are growing, but not necessarily blooming. Visitors will come in again in September and when everything wow. is blooming. So we welcome people to come and roam the fields and take pictures and spend as much time as they like here enjoying the blooms. How cool. So the bloom, are, do they all bloom on the same schedule or does a different variety have a different schedule? They are all really pretty close. Planting takes 10 days. So those planted at the beginning of our of our planting season, you know, one side of the farm does come into bloom a few days okay. uh, before the other, but they're all pretty close. There's one or two varieties that are a little bit slower, but in general, cannas will all bloom at about the same time. Oh, cool. And they, they bloom for how long? Like, so I, they keep putting up flowers, don't they? Yes. 
So blooming within 90 days or, or sooner, but typically blooming within 90 days of planting and then in continuous bloom until the first frost. And so for here in Oklahoma, we can have blooms until November easily. That's amazing. That, that's so great because other rhizomes, they might just bloom once. So yes. that's a big, big deal. So you get a tall plant, you get great color, and you get it all summer long. And that's the very best thing about cannas. Thank you so much. Well, Aaron, thank you. And thanks for reaching out to us. And it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Well, I actually found you on Instagram. Are you the one who does all your Instagram? I am. I'm not as good at it as I am not as consistent as I should be. I had someone comment the other day. She wishes that I'd post more often, but we have five kids and four teenagers at home. Oh, wow. You're definitely busy. <laughs> and so the best time to post on Instagram is in the evenings and I get something ready and think, okay, I'm going to post tonight and I forget. So well, maybe you can get your teenagers to go out there and take some photos when they're blooming. I should. I should stick my teenagers on it. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes and leave positive feedback if you like the episode. And please send me an email at Aaron at getinmygarden.com with ideas about future episodes. And check out the photos of canna lilies on Instagram at getinmygarden. See you soon.